0: Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Today I want to look at the story of Hannah, the story of Hannah, and her story is an amazing, amazing one. I'm going to give you the five points uh, ahead of time so you can see them, maybe jot them down, and then we'll walk through it. I should say, run through it. I don't have time to walk through it, but the points we're going to look at is in her life: barren, broken-hearted, brave, bold and behold. barren, broken-hearted, brave, behold, or bold and behold. So in 1 Samuel 1, 7, year after year, it was the same. Peninnah, who was Elkanah's other wife, would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Then we jump down to verse 9. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish. I want you to catch these words here in verse 10, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. And she's quoting this prayer. "O Lord of heaven's armies, and we might know that as the Lord of hosts, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. And again, look at verse 13. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. And he says, must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. And she replied, oh, no, sir. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged, broken-hearted, discouraged. I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. Don't think I'm a w- wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant the request you have asked him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. I'm not going to have time this morning to read all of 1 Samuel chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2. I'll ask you to do that on your own, and you need to do that so you can get even more out of this passage. But let's talk about her situation. She was barren, and in that time it was considered a curse from God. Now, we don't believe that, and I'm going to talk very specifically about curses today, and I want you to catch this. I'm not sure why the Lord led me in this direction, but I, I believe that he did for a reason, and I don't know why but I believe that he did. But in those days, it was considered a curse not to be able to have children, okay? Um, And sometimes we look at our situations and we wonder if we're cursed. And so listen to this very closely if you've ever thought of that. There is no one and nothing that can curse a child of God. They might curse at you, but there is no way that a curse can be placed upon you okay because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world the blood of jesus that cleanses us from our sins and covers us covers us and is greater than any weapon that the enemy natural or supernatural has You are not cursed because you are going through difficult times. Please listen. I know someone needs to hear this today. You are not cursed because you're going through difficult times. Bad things happen, and I'm going to tell you why. Because we live in a sinful world with sinful people. That's why bad things happen. We live in a sinful world that was broken by sin. And because of Adam and Eve's sin, there is sickness, there's disease, there's death, there's sorrow, there's mourning because our world is broken. And we live in a sinful world with sinful people. We sin. And sometimes it's the consequences of our own decisions. Other people sin against us and we're facing the consequences of that. But you are not cursed. You are a child of God. The blood of Jesus is greater than any enemy, natural or supernatural. So stop thinking. Don't believe that there's a curse on you that you're just destined for, quote-unquote, bad luck. There is no such thing. You're a child of God that lives in a sinful world, but we're not going to live here forever. We're just passing through. There's not a curse on your life. There's not a curse on... On you in any way that's broken at the cross of Jesus Christ. In fact, Galatians 3:13 and 14 says, "But God but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when He was hung on a tree. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in Scripture, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Through Jesus Christ, Galatians now, jot this down, you can read it later, highlight it in your Bible, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, that's us, with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers, all believers, might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. You are a blessed child of God that temporarily lives in a sinful world with sinful people, but our hope is in heaven. You are not cursed because bad things are happening. You are not destined quote unquote for bad luck. You are a child of God. Please get that into your heart. Get it into your mind. Let it come out of your mouth that I am a child of God. I am not cursed. I am blessed. Second of all, she was b- broken and broken hearted. Have you ever had, and I know you have, we've all experienced this. If you haven't experienced it yet, you just haven't lived long enough. But she endured emotional pain that was so great she could feel it physically. You've experienced that in your life if you've lived any years, that the emotional pain is so great. No one you know, this is a dumb analogy. It's not pain that was caused because you hit your hand with a hammer. It's emotional pain that you could literally feel physically. It's brokenness. It's broken heartedness. Seeing her lips moving, verse 13, but hearing no sound. So great was her brokenness and brokenheartedness that as she was crying out to God, words weren't even coming out of her mouth because there were no words that were adequate to express what she was feeling and what she was experiencing. I know that you've experienced this type of pain and I want you to know that brokenness doesn't last either. There was a time in my life where I was broken unable to function. But what God did is He took that brokenness and He put all the pieces back together and He rebuilt me more in His image than I was before. God rebuilt me stronger, more compassionate, more humble, more understanding, better husband, father, pastor. When we face these broken times, call out to God, which I'm going to tell you in just a minute, He's not going to leave you broken. He's going to put you back together better than you've been before. No pain that you're experiencing is in vain. God didn't cause that pain. He's not the direct cause, but he will take that pain. It won't be in vain, and he will strengthen you through it. He'll strengthen you for your own good. He'll strengthen you for the good of others. First Corinthians talks about or 2 Corinthians chapter 1 talks about He comforts us so that we can comfort others. Whatever brokenness you're experiencing now, God will take that pain. It's not in vain. He will redeem that pain. And he will make you stronger so that you can bless others through it. He did it in Hannah's life. He wants to do it in yours. She was brave. She went to pray. Eli misinterpreted what was going on. He was the high priest. And he said, stop, you're drunk. And she stood up for herself. Now, you have to understand, Eli was the high priest. I mean, he was as high as it got at that particular time in Israel. She was a woman in that time. Women were treated as property, and yet she was brave. She was brave. Maybe her brokenheartedness led her to be brave, that she was so broken, she didn't care what other people thought. She was going to call out to God whether other people people understood it or not. Eli completely misinterpreted the situation, but she stood up for herself, not disrespectfully, because that's never appropriate, but she explained to the high priest of Israel that she was not drunk, but brokenhearted. That took a lot of guts. Hannah, when we meet her in heaven, I want to meet her in heaven. That's a strong woman right there. That's a strong woman that was barren, that was broken, but she was brave and she took her requests to God, which I'll talk about again. She explained herself, again, as I mentioned, not disrespectfully, and when Eli saw it, he blessed her. But I like this part here, she didn't wilt under pressure. She was a brave woman in difficult circumstances, and the same power In fact, I I, I don't know the whole workings of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The best I can see is that the Holy Spirit worked from the outside in, but in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit works from the inside out. That when you receive Christ as Savior, uh, that same uh, Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now lives in you. You can be brave in difficult circumstances because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Not in yourself, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit. She stood up for herself in a respectful way, explained the situation, was blessed by Eli, and she said, Oh, thank you, sir. Then she went back and began to eat again. She was no longer sad. She was no longer sad. This is even before she had Samuel. Now, I'm talking fast here because I, I have to get through some of this, but I, I hope you're catching this. God took her brokenheartedness away even before he performed a miracle in her life. You don't have to remain brokenhearted. God can do a work in your life, but be brave. Be brave. In your prayers be bold. That's our next point here, point number 4. Be bold. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying out to the Lord as she prayed. And again, she cried out to God, "Lord of the heaven of heavens, armies, look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son." She knew who she was praying to, she knew what she was praying for. "Then I will give him back to you." Imagine that, waiting your whole life for a son and then being willing to give him back. He will be yours, Lord, for his entire lifetime. Can I tell you this? That all of our children are really gods. We're just stewards for a time. We don't own them. They're gods. They were given to us as a gift, and we are to be good stewards of the children that God has given us. When we dedicate our children, we don't leave them at the church for the rest of our lives, but we dedicate our children saying, God, you gave this gift. We're giving them back to you for your purposes. We're dedicating them to put them in the the, the right starting point. We're saying as parents, Lord, we're going to dedicate this child to you because the most important aspect of their life is serving you and following you. That we are to pass on what we've received to the next generation. And she says this, I will give him back to you, Lord, because she knew that Samuel wasn't hers. Samuel was God's, and she was going to give him back as an act of worship. He will be yours for his entire lifetime as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord and his hair will never be cut. That's called the Nazarite vow. You can look that up later. But watch in Hannah's life. Elkanah didn't understand. He was oblivious. Eli didn't understand. He thought she was drunk. He thought that she had poured out too much wine when in reality she was pouring out her broken heart to the only one that could do anything about it, and that's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies, the general of all of the angels. She went straight to God with her brokenheartedness. She didn't go first to the phone. She didn't go first to Facebook. She didn't go first to texting. She didn't go first to gossiping about her oblivious husband and the oblivious high priest. She didn't talk about her mean sister wife. Instead, she went straight to God. Can I encourage you to take your hurt, your brokenness, boldly into the throne room of God, where you will receive mercy and grace. We can go into the very throne room of God because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished on the cross. You cannot look at your own life and say, well, I can't pray to God because of all of my mistakes. I can't take my brokenheartedness to God. I'm telling you, you can't in your own strength, but because of Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished on the cross, you can go into the very throne room of God. You don't need a high priest. You don't need a pastor. You don't need anyone else to go into the presence of God. And The power of God is available to you through the work of Jesus Christ. And so we begin our prayers by saying, Our Father who art in heaven. He's our Father. We've been reconnected with our Father because of the work of Jesus Christ. Lord, I come to you today, not because of my goodness, but because of your goodness. I stand before you in your presence today, not because I've earned it, not because I'm good, but because Jesus is good because he died on the cross for my sins and I've received his righteousness. That's boldly going before God. We don't go before God saying, God, look at all of the good things that I've done. God, look at all the good things I've accomplished. Look how long I've served you. Look how I served you. No, we go simply and humbly before him because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And God hears and God responds. She prayed boldly and took her request to God, a prayer of submission. You are the Lord of hosts. You are the general of all of the angels in heaven that are innumerable. I am your servant, Lord, a prayer of submission and a prayer of sacrifice. If you give me a son, I will give him back to you. He will be dedicated to your service, and he will be used for your glory. Let's go back. Are you still there? Give us an amen here. Make sure you're still there. You don't want to miss the end of this. She was barren at the time they believed it was a curse. You are not cursed. She was brokenhearted because of how oblivious her husband was, how mean her sister wife was how how uh, the circumstances of her life literally broke her. But she was brave. She was brave. She was bold. She went to God herself. And she prayed. And now look what happens. Behold. See, God can take barrenness. And listen, does God give every mother and father a child that can't have a child? No, He doesn't. But she walked away whole even before he gave her that child. Did you catch that? God wants to restore joy to your heart and to your life, no matter what your circumstances are. Because again, how many times can I say this? It's not because of you. It's not because of your circumstances. It's because of Jesus. We preach Christ and him crucified. That's what we're talking about. His crucifixion is a reality to us today in many different ways. Not just our our sins are forgiven, but access to the throne room of God, the goodness of God, the imputed righteousness of God, because of what Jesus has done. He might not give you everything that you ask for with a broken heart, but he will heal your broken heart, and he will make you better and stronger and more like his son through your brokenness. She was brave. She was bold, bold. And look at the last part, behold, what God did. The entire family got up early. This is in 1 Samuel 19 and 20. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him Behold, look what the Lord has done. Even oblivious Elkanah came around in 1 Samuel 1.23. I think in his heart he was a good man. He was just oblivious, but even he came around. They were going back to worship, uh, but she wanted to stay and and, and uh, continue to care for First Samuel until it was time Till he could go on his own. And Elkanah says this in verse 123 Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Whatever you think is best. Stay here for now and may the Lord help you keep your promise. And so she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. God not only did a work in Elkanah's life, or in Hannah's life, He did a work in Elkanah's life. God works. God works. Then she fulfilled her promise to God and presented Samuel back to God and his service. And look, look at chapter 2 now. So watch what's happened quickly. I can't go through all of this, but she was barren. Broken hearted, brave, bold, God gave her the son she had prayed for. He named she named Samuel, meaning I asked the Lord for him, and then she fulfilled her vow to God, gave him back to God, and she prays this. First Samuel two one. You'll have to read this whole prayer on your own. My heart look, 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 look. From barren and broken hearted to now. My heart rejoices in the Lord. From barren and brokenhearted to my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies and I rejoice because you rescued me. Prayer changes me. Prayer changes changes me. Stop thinking, well, I've prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. He has answered your prayer. He's changed you. He's given you joy. Watch, watch. She still doesn't have her son. She doesn't go home every day to her son. He's at the tabernacle, and yet she rejoices in what the Lord has done. Look at her words. I rejoice in the Lord. The Lord changed me. I went from barren and brokenhearted to now God has made me strong. Listen, God wants to work in your life through brokenness. When I look back at the time of breaking in my life, which has been several years now, I look back and realize that that needed to happen in my life for God to do the work that he needed to do. I wouldn't want to go through it again. But he made me stronger through it. He helped me through it as I was going through that dark valley. And he made me better through it. Because the wilderness always makes us more like Jesus. There's always blessing at the end of the 40 days. I don't mean 40 days literally. I mean that time of testing. Look when Jesus fasted for 40 days. The enemy tempted him, and finally Jesus said, that's enough. And what happened? Right after that, the angels came and ministered to him. There was blessing at the end of the 40 days. What happened at the end of those 40 days? He went and began his public ministry. You might be going through a 40-day, quote-unquote, it's not a calendar issue, okay? It's a challenge issue. You might be going through that 40 days now of what seems like the wilderness, Where it seems like everything's going wrong. God is working in the wilderness. And you'll come out through it stronger. Just like Hannah did. The Lord changed her. He made her strong. God wants to change you and make you strong. And she ends with this. And I will too. Those who fight it. Wait. Let me give you the application before I end it. Stay there. Don't forget I can see when you check off. (laughs) Check out. I'm teasing you. Look at the application. Let brokenness, write this down. You you think you're going to remember this. You're not. You can't remember where you put your keys. You're not going to remember this. Write it down. Let brokenness lead you to God, not away from God. Let brokenness lead you to God, not away from God. And then tell God what's breaking your heart. Be specific. She wanted a son. She was tired of being ridiculed. She was tired of feeling like she was cursed. Be specific. Tell God in secret. You don't have to talk about everything to everybody. It's good to have support. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying isolate yourself. What I am saying is take these requests to God in secret and he will change you because no one else understands like God understands. Let brokenness lead you to God, not away from God. Hannah had every natural right to say, I'm going to give up on God because he's given up on me, but she didn't. She ran to God. She took her brokenness to God, not running away from God. Okay, she finishes her prayer and song in First Samuel 2.10. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? He thunders against them from heaven. He's the Lord of the hosts of heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. Now watch this, please. He gives power to his king. David hadn't been born yet. Saul hadn't been born. There was no king in Israel. What she says is prophetic. God takes her brokenheartedness, changes her. Now she becomes, in essence, a prophetess. He gives power to his king. Israel didn't even have a king yet. We're getting to that later in 1 Samuel. And he increases the strength of his anointed one. Who's the anointed one? David was the king. Jesus is the anointed one. God took this lady who was barren broken-hearted, but took her brokenness to God and revealed to her that there was an earthly king that would help Israel, but there was a greater king that was coming. He's the anointed one of God. He's the Messiah of God. He's the Christ of God, and his name is Jesus. And he's not just going to restore Israel. He's going to restore all people into a proper relationship with the Father, and he's going to establish a kingdom that will never end. God showed the broken-hearted, brave, bold Hannah. He said, behold, I'm going to give power to his king, and I'm going to increase the strength of his anointed one. She went from barren to beholding the greatness of God. She went from brokenness to beholding the greatness of God. And that's my prayer for you today. From brokenness to beholding the greatness of God. Let's pray together. Bow your head. Call out to God where you're at. I pray in the name of Jesus, Not on, certainly not on my goodness, but based on the goodness of God, I, on behalf of our people, and partner with them, part of Hope Assembly of God, we partner all together. We're not together in the same place, but we're together in spirit, and each of us are praying for one another. We're praying for our needs, and we're praying for one another right now. All of us, Lord, are coming to you. We've been broken in many ways. We live in a sinful world full of sinful people. I've committed sin myself but you're greater than that. That, Lord, we stand before you today, not cursed, but as a child of God because of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, for healing for broken hearts. Strengthen us, Lord, through it all. Thank you for the life of Hannah, who someday we will meet in heaven as a great example, Lord, to us. I pray, Lord, for those that are feeling left out of the things of God. May you reveal to them today they're not left out. They're your child, and you love them. And the distance that they feel is not on your end, God. It's on our end. May our brokenness lead us to you and not away from you. And, Lord, I thank you for this word today, not because I spoke it, but because you did And I thank you, God, for touching hearts right now, all across and everywhere that people are listening, in many, many different homes, in many different states. Some are even going to watch this uh, later. I pray that you'd minister to them as well. We pray this today, again, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we say amen and amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.